And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lauren Conaway to talk all about the top startups in the windy city of Chicago. Lauren, what's up? I have to tell you, I really love hearing you say, and we're back. I love the energy that you, you throw in and we're back. Like I, I life goals for my own episodes of startup hustle. Thank you for that. <laughs> I've, I've noticed that you sometimes begin your episodes with the same thing, which I welcome and embrace now. I feel like it's know, a as- brand new thing and I emulate Matt DeCorsi <laughs> in all that I do. Oh my God. Don't do that. That's a bad <laughs> choice on many. That can be a bad, like, I don't know, get me started. This episode is now about making bad life choices. No, I mean, that's, that's not true. So Chicago, it's not that far away from our home state. I've spent some time there. Uh, I have friends there. I've been there a bunch. I like the Cubs. I hate the White Sox. You like the Cubs? Yeah. yeah they're kind of, they're like my national league team. I mean, oh it's kind of like, yeah, I like the Cubs, but the, you know, the White Sox play the Royals a lot. So um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, also, you know, I'm old and I grew up with WGN TV and the Cubs before they had lights were on every single day during the day. So I had Harry Carey talking Cubs baseball and I love baseball as a kid. So I just sit there during the day. It was really hot in Kansas city. It was nice to watch Cubs game. Now Chicago, despite having the white Sox and being blessed with the Cubs and having great hot dogs and a lot of wind also has a lot of really great startups. I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Right. I am super psyched. Um, Almost wanted to digress and talk a little bit about Harry Carey, who's like a legend, but I am even more excited to talk about Chicago startups. Um, They've got some really exciting things coming out of that windy, windy city. Yeah. And, you know, uh, hopefully all the White Sox fans didn't end their listenership already. Uh, You know, we all have to have a team. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I feel like if you're a, I feel like if you're a White Sox fan, you're probably used to it. Most of the White Sox fans <laughs> I know are. So you know, speaking of teams, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. FullScale.io, go check it out. That's a business that I spend. That's my real job, Lauren. That is my real job. That is your real job. So, you do it very, very well. Um, I got to tell you, I try. enthusiastic about I try. everything that you're accomplishing over at Full Scale. It's a lot of responsibility. And yeah. on some days that feels better than others with 200 employees <laughs> worldwide. You're like, what? So, all right. We got 15 companies on a list today. We're going to talk about them. The order that we present them in has nothing to do with ranking. They are just our top startups. We don't actually do like a number one, number two, number three thing, because all these companies are doing amazing stuff. Now, something that's amazing is nine of these companies 
are going to be on future episodes of Startup Hustle. And I'm not sure we've actually had nine, nine companies from a list that wasn't a Kansas City list, our hometown. But yeah, yeah. that's a lot. Some of the, you're going to interview some of them. I, I am. I've already interviewed a few of them. So yeah. let's get, let's get right into this. So I, I'm <laughs> right. So, so some of the stuff is, you know, what, what we're looking for in a top startup is companies that aren't too big, aren't too small, haven't raised too much capital and haven't raised next to none. Now we do flex that scale a little bit in Chicago. We'll give a little more leeway to a company that has raised say 11 million bucks than we might in Kansas city. Cause realistically in Kansas city, if you raise 11 million bucks, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, in Chicago, it's a, it's a little more crowded. Yeah. yeah, it's and you know, we just trying to keep it at scale. So sure. much like full scale. So very first on the list. And you know what, and whoever put this list together, Jessica Powell, thanks for giving <laughs> me something that I am not even sure if I'm going to pronounce right. And it's blocks root. And that's B L O a big X and the word root. Now, you know, this company is, is a, it deals with and does blockchain distribute. It's a blockchain distribution network to help your blockchain scale to thousands of transactions. And, you know, blockchain overall, it's a hot, it's a hot segment. Uh, most people know it because of Bitcoin, but overall blockchain is, 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 is technically a form of cryptocurrency, but it really can help a lot of different things. Now, quite honestly, I, I'm not quite sure the exact application that Blocksroot uses, but there's, and you know, there's so many different types of blockchain technology it can be used to keep records and improve a lot of things but it's also technology that isn't uh fully understood not only by by companies also investors and then kind of the u.s public uh, but overall yeah. blockchain has some major major implications uh, this is a great company you know they raised 11.6 million dollars over three different rounds um, and appear to be doing quite well with the 11 to 50 employee range. It's a broad range, by yeah. the way. So like, That's, I mean, you could have 11 of, or 50. There's a little margin in there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little flex in there. So really? yeah, so there's some, <laughs> there's somewhere in between the two, but congratulations and thanks for leading off our list and having a B name, which makes you near the top. So yeah, yeah. yeah. as someone with the last name of DeCourcy, I guess Conway, you're used to it, you're, you're used to it as I, well. Well, and my maiden name started with a B, so I was even further up in the alphabet. I, I, I took a step Life down. Life at the top. <laughs> Life at the top. All right, yeah. so well, what, what, I, do we, what do we have next? I do just want to say really quickly, I feel like you pronounced that very well. Like not knowing how it's pronounced, Wait it, wait it. I feel like it's pretty straightforward if you just <laughs> if you remove the fancy the way the fancy way they spell it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so next up, next up we have cohesion, and I do believe that this is going to be one of my my interviews. So I've actually taken a little bit of a look at this. But so this company, um, they are they they have a software platform that integrates into building systems and helps streamline operations. They connect tenants to operators and they're helping to gather data and help help people make better decisions when it comes to uh, buildings and, and maintenance and facilities and such. And so so that's a that's a super cool thing to do. Um, and and I and I have to tell you like in with like the pandemic and everything like that, I feel like 
one of the things that that we started to get a clearer understanding of was was real estate. You know, we we talk about like tenancy and things like that. So anything that can help connect um, systems and streamline operations and help tenants and you know landlords and operators um, to make better decisions, I, I think, is a really great thing and very timely. Um, so they have, they they also have 11 to 50 employees, which I feel like we need to like tweak that range a little bit, maybe. <laughs> but um, just a very cool company doing some cool stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of activity and capital flowing into the whole intelligent building space. Uh, yeah. I mean, we see a lot of a lot of action in that regard. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out because uh, it doesn't seem to be like there's one major player there. So that, I mean, that leaves the door wide open. All right, next on the list, ClearStep. So ClearStep is a platform for health systems to provide a complete and digital front door experience. So like, what does that mean? You know, so, so ClearStep, for I'll give you an example, ClearStep has screening tools that match patients to the best in-network care for them. And they've also done things like screening a screening tool that incorporates uh, clinical content used in more than 90% of, of nursing call centers in the country. So, you know, uh, the front door experience in, in healthcare is usually not great. And, you know, like, why do I have to fill out the same paperwork every single time? And, you know, these are, these are things that, you know, when you talk about the front door experience, um, these are problems we're solving because it's a, a efficiency and efficiency, like all kind of merged together. And, you know, overall, like I'm all for anything that matches patients with in network. So meaning like stuff, your insurance covers, which yeah. is kind of a challenge because, you know, like the old school version of that was like a little book, like a directory, you kind of open it and you're like, okay, I need a family healthcare provider. Yeah. And you're like, all right, here's like nine pages of them. And then you're like, okay, who's closest to where I live? Right. Didn't really like tell you who you should probably best be served by in many cases. So, I mean, I, I, I'm all for that. And, you know, also like anything that streamlines the efficiency of that front door experience, meaning like what happens when I come in the front door, when I'm in your lobby. And once again, why do I have to fill out the exact same paperwork? every single time so right. solve that problem and you win you win my loyalty right away and you win the hearts and minds of like so many people and, and i mean healthcare like your healthcare provider is such a personal choice and it's such an important choice you know so so very cool um love that <laughs> well so, so i think you're i think you're next i know i'm looking at it. so next up we have we have forager and um so so i love companies that do that that sneaky stuff to make our lives better like you know you look at, at certain industries and like they, they what they're doing sounds really sexy and like it, it's right out at the front and the media covers it but so forager is really interesting they're they're a leader in cross-border logistics and so um their their job is to make it easier for shippers to transport products to and from mexico and canada and they they have a focus on servicing complex supply chain networks. Um, in particular, they focus on the automotive and aerospace industries. And, and I've actually worked in both of those industries. And, and logistics is, 
is such a crucial piece of, of bringing product to market in those industries that, you know, if you're able to make that better, you're going to have a very, very quietly, very steadily, you're going to have a major, major impact on, on supply chain it, between Canada, Mexico, and the United States. So I just, I find this like really fascinating because I, people don't often think about how intimately they are affected by supply chain and logistics in this country. You know, the the toilet paper just shows up at the store, you know, the the car just shows up in the showroom, but it, there are just so many organizations and companies and people behind the scenes making this happen. And so anytime I see a company that is acting in that space to make that easier and make, make things more efficient, I just, I think that's so cool. <laughs> so, you know, the amount of, of just, goods in general passing across these borders it's massive and yeah. uh it, you know and it, so i have been watching on on nash on nat geo how to catch a smuggler which is basically border patrol agents that are processing stuff that's coming in and out of the country and my yeah. god like the amount of stuff like every time every episode they just you kind of like just see the sheer volume now the reason that some of this is important is, and I, and I have some experience with this as well, when things get clogged up and like, and they're not flowing freely back and forth through the border. Well, I mean, there's things that like you talk about, a lot of your food comes from Mexico. Yeah. And if it goes bad, it's not a good thing. And well, that's when people notice. People don't notice when things are going smoothly. It's when stuff gets, you know, when the, the shit hits the fan, that's when people notice. And so anything yep. that we can, we can grasp at to make these systems and processes easier and more, more efficient. I mean, way to go forager, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, then, and when we often talk about TAM or total addressable market, uh, it's massive on this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know if I know a number that big, Lauren, it's that big. Like yeah. it's almost, it feels infinite and growing. And these, these are the kind of, uh, these are the kind of startups that our friend and, and fellow co-host Matt Watson gets really excited. He gets excited over what he calls boring businesses, which are just things that turn the screws and, and, and move the gears. And, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, so, so many startups and so much business and so much everything is that, and it's not that like, it's not the stuff that you hear about and see it's and these companies go public and get huge and do all kinds of stuff. And you've never even heard of them. And they're yeah. multi-billion dollar conglomerates at that point. So good for them. Now, next on this list, I think our, did you hear we started a TV show? Oh, you're on it. That's right. I, I had heard something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start a puzzle TV. It's live. Like, why did we do that? By the way, I, we started I don't know. a TV show I, to go with the podcast. Some guy was just like, here's a camera. You want to do this? I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> other people, other people had a little more of a choice in it. So, you know, it wasn't <laughs> quite like that, but you know, part, so, and by the way, go to YouTube and search, start a puzzle and check out what we've made because we create we really did create our own tv show it's a show about startups where the show is a startup because why not right? yeah he, didn't he, have he, enough to he didn't totally have enough to do already <laughs> right so yeah. so uh, some of our of our fellow cast members are on the from the casey hemp co and 
um, man, when the future episodes come out that really show the kind of shit that they have to deal with when it comes to compliance, digital marketing, and all of it, well, that's what the next company in our list, Philo, uh, and that's F-Y-L-L-O, works to fix. And it's crazy, like crazy. Like we even had one, one episode where all the ads I was trying to place to promote the episode got blocked because I had a simple tag in YouTube that had the word hemp in it. And it took me about six hours to finally remember to open that little piece and look at it. And I was like, oh my God. But you know, Philo offers compliance cloud enterprise grade software and database services for the cannabis industry. Now we talk about industries that are, that are young. And even though, I mean, this is one that has the fundamental, uh, the fundamentals to grow really big. And, oh, you know, the, the can, the canna business in general in the U S is expected to be a $30 billion a year industry by 2025. And what you run into is every state has different laws, has different rules that are different part of the process. They want different levels of compliance. Right. Uh, you, it, it's difficult to have a bank account to do digital marketing. Some of uh, the, uh, some of the states have these weird seed to stem laws. Don't ask me how I know so much about weed, but you know, like, but overall I'm fascinated with it. Well, I'm fascinated with it. Cause anytime you get an industry like that, that it technically is illegal on the federal level and, and uh, legal in varying levels on the state at the state level. And yeah. so there's some really big opportunities to deal with some of that and the logistics and you know they have what they call here you go canna brain and that ingests it and, and interrogates billions of data points allowing brands to safely build and execute advertising campaigns while also enabling publishers to create and monetize compliant ad inventory so like what does that mean once again it means that like they can't advertise, they can't do yeah. things and they have certain compliance levels that they have to, uh, they have to operate within and that's tough to do. So yeah. I, I'm all for anything that helps that struggle, uh, be a little more realistic. And it looks like you will be talking with them soon. So you will be able to listen to that episode hosted by Lauren well, so I, I'm super pumped for that episode. And then I also want to mention like, so, so I actually interviewed Heather with uh, Casey Hemko, who's, who's on Startup Hustle TV. And we talked a lot about cannabis business and she talked about the limitations and struggles of this industry. And so I, I really want to like, I want to hop on the phone with Heather right now, just be like, Heather, you have to hear about this thing. Have you heard of these guys? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but and, 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 you know, tune in to Startup Hustle TV because that's part of why they were selected to be on the show because, like, look, wins, losses, and reality. That's what that show is about. And that's, yeah. dude, that's what they deal with. I mean, and it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, and by the way, the reason I know so much about that industry is over the last five years, I've had multiple people ask me to be advisors. Yeah. to be an advisor or do something and, and the business and they want the expertise or the experience. And I've said no to all of them because there are other Aww. compliance issues. Well, I can't, I can't do it because yeah. when it's federally illegal, like, I mean, I can't, I, I didn't want to, I could have backed myself into some interesting corners because when you're out raising capital and doing business with other businesses, it's not uncommon for me to have to disclaim 
to say, do you, are you involved in any businesses that are federally illegal and you need to be able to say no? So I didn't want that to be what got in the way of other stuff. And also that's a really tricky business to be in. I think a lot of people get in it for the wrong reasons. Like just because you like weed does not mean you should be in the cannabis business because I mean, there's, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You, like, here's a fun fact, though. And then and then I, I really want to talk about our next startup. But fun facts. Did you know that like over 70, I can't remember the exact stat, but like over 70% of the US population believes in the legalization of marijuana? Did you know that? Yeah. I did not <laughs> yeah. know that. I, I was shocked. I was like, really? Half of the country has or, or does smoke weed on a regular basis. I, I mean, it's just that. like it's there. Hey, man, I've been saying for years, I'm like, we talk about deficits and budgets and stuff like that. I'm like, make the shit legal and tax it. Like, yeah, not only and and you get to sell more and spend less that way because you don't pay so much money to keep people in jail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are just so many like societal implications, but I also want to talk about uh, our, our next startup because I'm super excited about this one. And I know that this is actually going to be one of my my interviews uh, coming up. So I want to talk to you about Honest Game. Um, and so so I actually, I have a, are, were you a student athlete, Matt? Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, I okay. was an athlete. I wasn't, when I think student athlete, I think more of college than yeah. other than that. But I mean, I, I did play three different sports in high school and I was average at all of them. <laughs> I, li- I love how, like, how honest you are in your self-evaluation. That's, that's awesome. Well, well so, that, so- that, assessment, that assessment has become more realistic as the years have gone by. <laughs> Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same, you know, uh, so, so honest game, what they do is they, it's a technology solution for high school student athletes, uh, counselors, coaches, and what they do is they are, they're working to deliver some transparency around and they're, they're working to del- offer some equal access and figure out ways to automate academic eligibility in sports. And so they tabulate all of this verifiable academic data. Um, they track academic process or progress of high school athletes. Um, and then they, they can share this information and it helps players, um, sports clubs, colleges communicate about academic eligibility, find opportunities for student athletes to, to improve, um, um, I mean, it's just, I feel like, you know, for student athletes, this could be a game changer for, you know, people who are trying to help student athletes, this could be a game changer. And I just, you know, our, our educational system doesn't always make it super easy to, to access information in a transparent sort of way. And so I love that honest game is working to address this. Um, super cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so do you, would you have wanted something like that available when you were a student athlete? Maybe cause I was a really shitty student. So eligibility really? was, yeah, I just, you know, I got ADD. So I'd either do really well or really poorly in a class. And if I liked the teacher or the subject, I'd get an A or something. Yeah. And if I didn't, I'd like get like, a, a, I'd barely pass. Um, uh, but you know, when it comes to, you know, sports has become such a big business. And uh, so is the business of going to college to play sports. And you talk about, I mean, there's just a lot on the line. And 
you know, when it comes to eligibility and a lot of that stuff, like you see problems in high school and in college because people don't understand, meaning people like student athletes and their parents don't understand what they can and can't do. Like some of the rules are so ridiculous now as yeah. well. Like you can't get a ride from someone or just like do different things. And the, and the problem is, is, is there's a lot of bad actors out there that are tempting uh, some of the top student athletes, and this is probably this is a very small segment of the whole overall sample space. But you know, like some of that, you just they are they're not behaving well. So, an understanding that it could and can affect your future, and having some ability to understand that is probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I mean, I, any any opportunity that sets students up for future success and and helps connect them in equitable ways to opportunity which I, I that's what honest game is really trying to do like i i just i think that's really cool another cool thing that they have done is they, they've actually um you know they've won some pitch competitions and they've gotten some visibility with some really major players within that sports industry like the chicago bulls um you know and, and I just, I love the way that they are approaching their work. So they're, they're working a little bit in social good, a little bit in, um, you know, that, that those money-making ventures, but then um, they're finding a way to kind of marry the two. So I, I dig it. I think it's a cool thing. And they're in the one to 19 employee category. Yeah. I think we're going to need to update. We're going to need to update our category <laughs> rankings. That's kind of like the government says a small business is anything less than 500 employees. I have 200 employees and I will tell you, I do not consider us a small business and I have not for quite a while. What so would you yeah, I think we're like, I mean like 10, 10 or less, like 10 or, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It depends. I mean, no more than 50. Consider like 50 or less. I mean, 50. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of maybe. in that ballpark. Like, it depends. It depends on, on also, do they all work in the same place? And I know that's a different way to look at it, but yeah. I don't know. You got, you got a lot, you got a lot to keep up with, with any employees, much yeah. less when you get to 50. I'll tell you what, when you get into hundreds, it's a whole different discussion. Oh, I'm sure. And also right. on also the way you grow and make changes and roll stuff out. All right. So next on the list, we've got another, uh, we'll call it like a, uh, property tech, but this is a little different. So it's Livly. I'm assuming that's how they say it because it's L-I-V-L-Y. Now this company is, I, and I like this because I, I think this is, uh, so what Livly does is they offer no cost digital amenities. So what does that even mean? That's like, for example, it's, it's a mobile app and it's basically like a community hub. So uh, with a few clicks, residents can seamlessly handle tasks like move-in onboarding, setting up renter's insurance, requesting maintenance, and receiving package notifications. Now, hey, look, all that stuff's a pain in the butt. You know, any any onboarding, I'm such a nut about onboarding for anything, like whether it's an app that onboards you into the apartment or it's just the way you onboard people into your app. I think that the future of software and successful startups is centric around their ability to get people in, get them in often and make it easy and intuitive. Now, in this case, I mean, if you, if you say, Oh, you need renter's insurance. Cool. Where do I get that? 
Who do I call? What's a good deal? Where's the right price? If you make that fast and easy, I bet they sell a lot of it. Yeah, I bet. Probably fair, <laughs> right? Hey, yeah, struggles real on that one. All right, who's next? So, so next up, we have we have for whatever reason we have two in a row that end with L Y, uh, but we have Maven. L Y is just a popular startup. Like, yeah. Stuff X these I days. I do what yeah. I do. I think that we should do a a show at some point about like startup names and talk about like trying to pick a name. Yeah, like how do you do that? Um, but so, you, so you find something that actually has an available domain and yeah. then start and work backwards from there. Cause I've done it. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be such a, a huge part of the process. Oh, it sucks. It sucks. And then a lot of people don't think it out. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm so adamant. I actually have a section in my book, million dollar bedroom about, about this. Yeah. And I see people make, you ever see those, uh, those funny like memes or people are like show like the worst 15 business signs. Cause they weren't thought out. Yeah. Uh, people do that with their domains. Like I actually, I really do have a section in that about in my book, uh, about picking you like, don't ever put a hyphen yeah. in your web domain because yeah. you sentence yourself forever to say whatever hyphen something else.com. I mean, yeah. it's like the hyphen's just a huge pain in the ass. And you also have to, um, and I and I made this example up, but you got to think about what what words your what words other words spell when you mash them together. And right. I create, that's, that's what I've seen. Like where you I know, create I created the sample. Yeah, what you thought was like a totally innocuous name becomes completely inappropriate because you put something that was like ASS next to like heat or something, like whatever. Like well, I, 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 cr I created a fictional example of Compass Wholesalers, which has asshole <laughs> in the middle of it if you put it together. And, you know, that's just like not well thought out. And like yeah. and another example I used was the sport. So Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. Um, had to basically go uh, acquire dicks.com because those guys weren't, that was a different sport that they didn't sell gear for I Dick's Sporting Goods. I think of what would have come up in the Google results for that. Like, <laughs> Well, uh, that's another thing too. Is, and I fell for it because I'd go to, I went because that's a sporting goods store here and you enter it and you're like, whoa, that is not <laughs> softball. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely yeah, you gotta, you, another yeah. kind of ball or ball. Yeah, all right, anyway. All right, so uh, back or yeah, ball Mavely. or let's, ball. Let's, let's just talk so about Mavely. Uh, so, so Mavely <laughs> with an ly. Yeah, it's our it's our adverbs. Uh, so it's uh, people. We're sorry about this. Yeah, we, we, we are sorry we, and happy about it at the same time. Yeah. This is the third show that I recorded today, so I get a pass. I don't even have that excuse. Right. I'm just like, this is I know. Awesome. Uh, yep. So Mavely is a shopping app. And um, the cool thing about what they do is they have found a way to help reward people for the, the activities that they're already doing. Um, you know, spending time on social media, making recommendations to their family, um, shopping, you know. And so so they're finding ways to reward uh, people for their their shopping and then for sharing 
you know, the products and, and services and the things that work for them. And it, these individuals who use the app, they're growing their circle of influence. They're able to, you know, make a little bit or to earn rewards. They're able to discover new products and they're able to share that out. And so really the, I, I think kind of the crux of what Mavely is able to do and the cool thing of what they do is they're, they're helping companies cut down on those customer acquisition costs. They're making it so accessible to create brand advocates um, and, and help brands find people who can connect them to new audiences, new buyers, new shoppers. Um, so, so super cool. And of course, I mean, there's a, there's a huge market for this. I mean, I think we have all seen the effects of influencer marketing. But imagine how much more impactful this could be if, you know, your your best friend tells you about a product or your, you know, your mom tells you about something that she loved. Like you, you take those recommendations seriously, right? And so when you are acting in service through Mavely through this platform, you're acting in service of a brand, you're, you're very effectively um, kind of tightening that circle of influencer marketing, right? I mean, you trust people that you love. And so, so I just, you know, interesting, inventive platform, um, huge market potential, I think. I mean, there are so many brands who realize the value of influencer marketing. Um, but, you know, honestly. And, but that doesn't, uh, that's not even just like the influencers as the definition that many people think of that. Like, I mean, an yeah. influencer no, can I'm be anyone whose opinion like, has an influence on your decision. And when we're talking about influencer marketing in the scale that most people think of it as like the Kim Kardashians who are saying, buy this product. Like, I think we all have an awareness that they, they've got their monetization game on point. Like Kim Kardashian was paid thousands and thousands of dollars to say, buy this mascara, you know, but when, it, when it's coming from someone that you know, and you love and you trust, like that has, that holds a very different meaning for me. So I might look at something that Kim Kardashian bought, but I'm going to take a recommendation from someone I know very seriously. Right. Yeah. People get shitty about that kind of influencer. I'll tell you what, if I ever get to the point where I can get like a million dollars for an Instagram post, that's like all I'm going to do. Oh, same. Like, yeah. no shade. Because why not? Good for you. Good for you. Like, that's the yeah. game. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk for a second about a different kind of data because that was grassroots data and that's influencer data or recommendation yeah. data. But the next company that's on the list, and I think they're spelled, I think this is pronounced Oceant. So O C I E N T. Um, you hear about data and analyzing data and data analytics and all this. Hey, look, no one has, very few people have a clue how to actually deal with data. You hear, uh, theoretically, data is now the most valuable thing on the planet. But what makes it valuable is your ability to analyze it and do something actionable with it. Data yeah. being you know, it, it, data, data analytics is really like a masterful thing. And now that we have computing power that can analyze massive data sets, machine learning, AI, different stuff like that, data can be used to really do some amazing stuff. And that's what Ocean does. So they, you know, they've kind of rethought the, the entire architecture of data analysis systems. And you know, this is something that is going to be, this is a big part of the future. Like I do this, I have in-house proprietary things. I do it full scale 
that that are related to this like data analytics and you know with us it's around job postings and trying to determine there's 400,000 open IT jobs in the US yeah so if those job postings are leads how the hell do I determine who to call first right so that's data analytics but being able to do it on massive massive scales uh, is and do it quickly. Cause remember it's all about actionable. So certain things like, uh, when certain things occur, I'll give you an example. Someone wants to churn, they want to turn off their cell phone account. Uh, you're a, a few years ago because of the massive amounts of data that cell phone providers had trying to get through that and create something that you could actually be. And when I say actionable, all right, so here's the data. This might be an example If someone calls, uh, customer support three times within X number of days, or if they're on hold for X number of times, the likelihood that they're going to cancel their account might go up like 400%. The problem right. is, is if you can't, if you can't, if you can't do something to prevent that or mitigate that, that loss of a client data is worthless. Doesn't, it doesn't, it's one thing to look at it in arrears. Oh, cool. That that's, that's called trivia. Right. You know, but being able to do something actionable. Now, the reason that this matters and you look at things like pandemics and other stuff like that, like, well, numbers don't lie in most cases. So, you know, being able to <clears throat> being able to look at certain trends and the way things are go going and occurring, if you can manage to uh, analyze that data in a useful and actionable way, you can save lives. And you can also yeah. save businesses and save jobs and just save a lot of stuff. So I mean, yeah, this is, this is, this all, is a, it's huge. Like data is all about making better decisions. And I mean, the, yeah. the cross industry implications, like you're saving time, you're saving money. Sometimes you're saving lives, but you're doing so like a startup like this has the opportunity to affect and enact change in a really industry agnostic kind of way. And so like the market penetration potential is huge absolutely huge because there are endless applications yeah and these people have raised quite a bit of money how much S 65 you know? million <laughs> <laughs> all right well well they told they, you they, we we, ex we expanded the scale a little bit for chicago <laughs> yeah. yeah you sure did <laughs> yeah i mean that's a lot that's a lot of money that's a lot of money. So, yeah. all right, who, who, what do we have next? So, so next up, we, we have a, a startup called Quillbot. And I got to tell you, like when I was, I was kind of reading through these prior and I was doing some research and, you know, reading articles and I got, I love this startup. <laughs> I really do. Cause essentially what, what Quillbot is, is trying to do is they're, they're trying to make it easier for people to communicate in the written form. Um, you know, they have this, this state of the art AI <laughs> paraphraser technology that they're building. And, and it's basically like a full sentence or a phrase thesaurus. And so I, I don't know if you know this map, but I, I started off in my career as a writer. And so I, I can't tell you how many times I would go to the thesaurus and try to find the exact right word to craft in the sentence. Well, this this technology Quillbot, it, it's doing that for whole sentences, and it's helping to make people's writing more clear and concise. And I, I just 
there are so many people who struggle with the form of written communication. And so anything that can help make messaging more clear, communication more clear, um, you know, I feel like this, this tool has the potential to change, change the lives of a lot of people. Um, you know, just helping them to become more concise, helping them to become better communicators, you know, and I just, and I love that. I got super excited about this one. Cause I just, I know from experience, like how sometimes how difficult it can be to communicate in the written form and how, how people struggle with it, you know? So very cool. And I mean, they, they've, they've put a lot into this and they're, they're, you know, building out this AI tool. They've raised, um, they've raised some money. They've raised about $4 million. Like there's, there's just a lot of potential in a startup like this because it can, it can fundamentally touch so many people's lives. You know, think about how important the written form is. Well, as, as the author of three books, and I'll tell you <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's a whole process. And then on top of it, uh, the publisher of hundreds of blogs over the last decade, yeah. And, you know, trying to find people to write, uh, people are just like overwhelmingly don't want to do it. I mean, yeah. they just don't like, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, it, they, they really don't. And anything that makes that easier. And then some of the things, cause uh, you know, I've actually experimented with a lot of different technology, writing my own books. Cause uh, to speak it is easy. Yeah. That's straightforward, you know, like, and, and it keeps your voice in it. Uh, the problem is, is like when I was doing that, the, the voice recognition technology wasn't that great. If you can start to couple things together, I mean, well, you can bang out some content as a content marketer, especially I like that. And uh, yeah. I believe your husband recently published a book. Did he not? Uh, he's actually published several books, but I, I can imagine that this would be a game changer for him as well. But I'm, right. I'm also talking about like, mm. think about interoffice memos or like, you know, people who are trying to put together instructions to, to emulate a process at work. You know, I, I mean, you can, you can find all kinds of ways and all manner of ways to make people's lives more efficient um, through writing, you know, think about, think about job uh, job descriptions. When companies are looking to hire, they're like, you got to be great at oral and written communication. Right. And, and sometimes I've got Quillbot. I've got Quillbot <laughs> on my side now, so they can hold nothing against <laughs> check, me. Check, check. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not, and I'm not a hundred percent sure about what the product does, but sometimes, uh, something that could prevent you from saying dumb shit, you oh, know, man. like, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, that's the thing, like people don't even realize some of the things that they do with that. And like, overall, you just look at like little tools, like Grammarly and just like how much like Grammarly catches me being, it, it stops me from sounding dumb, like anywhere between yeah. 1 million and 3 million times a day. Yeah. I think that's about accurate, but yeah. And you know, the main thing I like about Grammarly is it's overwhelming push to use the Oxford comma. It yeah, just will I not let you not do it. I, I am not an yeah. Oxford comma person. So I actually have a, then you don't, then you shouldn't use Grammarly because it I is, know, it is violent. Grammarly. I just, I aggressively ignore it whenever it suggests an Oxford comma, like, nope. No, thank you. I just do whatever uh, <laughs> it tells me to do because life yeah. is easier that way. And I and and why not? Okay, yeah. next on the list, Reaply. 
And this is R-H-E-A-P-L-Y. Let's, let's learn a little bit more about what they do because Reaply allows clients to sell, rent, and donate items they no longer need. The startup sells its service and the subscription model to businesses and organizations across industries, including tech, government, retail, and healthcare. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, well, first off, reduce, reuse, recycle. So anything that can uh, help people repurpose stuff. I'm cool with that. Uh, but overall, there's a lot of, uh, well, like there's things in and around your business and your life, you might be able to monetize. You look at like the rent thing, you know, and, and certain stuff. And, and then a lot of the donation, like donation tech, uh, a lot of business, a lot of organizations and entities, they rely on the way you look at like the goodwill concept. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if it if it makes it easy to get money into organizations that need it, and especially if it's because it made it easy to donate stuff, okay, I'm cool with yeah. that. So you know, one one thing, uh, and I did I did an episode back on November fourth, twenty twenty, which feels like forever ago, about social impact startups, and you know, this is a this is a, a good example of that. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, honestly, businesses like this have a hard time gaining funding because the world of startups is so driven by profit and exit and stuff like that. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see where, where Reaply goes and if they reap the benefits of oh, future no. investment rounds. There you go. Do you like what I did there? No, I do not support that linguistic decision. No, no, no. Dude, I was using Quillbot. <laughs> Quillbot made me do it. I, yeah, it, I installed oh, no. it into myself. Yeah, it's, <laughs> one, it's part of me. And it also supports the Oxford comma, by the way. Oh, hush your van, It's a Vampire Weekend fan as well. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. I didn't yeah. even know what an Oxford comma was until that song came out. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to use overly use this in a snide and precocious I way. Like a very, I have a very visceral reaction to like I just don't like it. And I, oh I I'm, I'm gonna come around. I know I am. I like it's the classy way to write. I understand. Like, don't yell at me. I'm sure that people are gonna be like, I still don't understand the purpose of it, but whatever. Yeah. I do what Grammarly well. tells me to do. Well, all right. Now, now I'm like super down. So I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about the next startup on our list because it's going to cheer me up. And here's why, you know, we just talked about a, a social impact startup. And, and so I, I want to talk about RiseKit because RiseKit, I, I, I was, you know, reading this profile and I was like, man, they just have so much potential to do good. Um, so I, I, again, and I, I'm going to go back to the pandemic and I'm going to say, you know, our, our, job economy, workforce economy, it took a major hit. Um, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs and we, we've been struggling to come back ever since. And um, whenever this happens, like you see this spate of people who are unemployed, you see a lot of people who are underemployed because they just took the first job that was available. Um, I think, you know, that I, I love talking about women and equity and, you know, when women come back from having kids, they are often underemployed. Um, so what Rise Kick does. I, I, I just think it's so important. They connect underemployed or unemployed job candidates to careers and training and resources and and all of these things that can help them in their careers. And it, it and then they provide analytics and data to employers and grant makers to help 
foster this this connectivity between un and underemployed job candidates and the systems that can help them. Um, and so I just, you know, they they've raised a total of two million in funding over two different rounds. Um, they they are doing something that is very, very, very needed. Um, you know, their their software is it's a game changer for folks um and and i love the they they also have like a really hard equity lens you know they want to remove barriers to employment and and you know i think everybody knows that there's a lot of like bias in in the job search you know what's your zip code what does your what what is your history suiting you for and so they're trying to kind of democratize access and try to make it easier for people to live up to their career potential and i just i i can't well done <laughs> so I have this, I have, I already recorded an episode with this founder and, yeah. you know, on top of it too, it's like the app actually, uh, you talk about like where they're at and what are, what are a person's barriers to getting a job? Some of this even helps them understand like how to get transportation yeah. to the interview. Like, Hey, you crazy. live here, here's the bus, here's the schedule. Like, don't miss it. Right. Be there by this time. And like, little stuff. And I'm all for anything that helps people get jobs and also helps f people find people to fill jobs they need. Cause that like yeah. my whole lifetime, man, that's changed so much, you know, and it's, and I mean, that's the, that's the struggle I deal with, with a rapidly growing company, anything that can get people in front of me. Yeah. I'm down with. So, all right. So next on this list is this, do you say it route or root? Uh, R-O-U-T-E. Yeah, I think I, I say route, route. I don't I know say route. Correct. <laughs> We're also both from Kansas. So some people say That's route, it. but R-O-U-T-E. So Route's a business management platform for the commercial cleaning industry. It provides real-time analytics regarding the team's performance by gathering real-time data and feedback. It also uh, allows for workflow guidance while an employee is on the job and assists in profile building and better service in the future by creating teams with identities. So this is, this kind of stuff is back to that kind of turning the screws stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. So if you have a cleaning crew of four people and they're, they're okay. So imagine four corners and upper left and upper right is one and two, lower is three and then four. If they're going from one to four and two to three and in in a in a bad route, well, you can also be paying people, you're paying four or six or whatever people to take the least efficient path to doing things. And then certain things too, you talk about like, so at the last time we had an office, we had a cleaning crew that came in and cleaned the place up after we were gone and yeah. they're like we almost had to like learn how that worked like it's funny because we had trash cans and we learned that they often wouldn't take the trash out if it was sitting next to the trash can but if it was on top of it they took it out 100 percent of the time if we had a simple feedback something yeah. you know that had tried to help customize that because the other the other uh and sometimes i was late at the office so i'd see these folks come in like yeah. they were coming in like five hours after most people had left. So the ability to get feedback or do any of that and, and why that matters for, for cleaning companies and whomever is like, 
hey, like cleaning is one of those things that often goes on in the background and off to the side. And, you know, if you're the owner or proprietor of that business. Yeah. I mean, how do you collect the feedback? You're usually just getting fired. Yeah. Yeah. And it's route. It's route, not route, route. route, not route. Dang it. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Weren't you waiting for this next one? Haven't you like spent most of your day waiting? I have. I, 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 I really want you to explain the real nuts and bolts of how this works. The, the science behind it. Absolutely not going to happen. So like a thousand times not. So, so, so next up on the list, and I am excited to talk about this because I do think it's a cool startup, at least given my limited understanding of what's actually <laughs> happening here. But so we're talking about, we're talking about the switched on training app. And by the way, I do want to note something that I do understand. The company size is two to 10 employees, which I feel is a perfectly reasonable range of employees to have. It's not one to 19. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to share that like that is something. How does two to 10, so when you have your second employee, you escape the, the, one, the, the one to 19 designation, but yeah. <laughs> somehow only having one puts you in the same, we got to really... Wait, what's yeah, the app? Like, Where's the data know, analytics app? We really app? gotta we, get our, our mess together here. Like, come get your yeah, we, come get your stats, man. <laughs> I, we're gonna. I'm gonna use Oceans to to analyze this data before yes, next month's top please. city, which is, I believe, Indianapolis. Just so you know, Indy, you get no excuses. Okay. All right. So, so let's all right. Explain talk, this to us, Lauren. I'm going to sit back and just listen no, 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 for no, no, like no. for 15 to 20 minutes. I'll, I'll be <laughs> back, folks. I'm listening. All right. So I just want to start. Like, I feel like the start of this profile is what threw me because they were like a perceptual cognitive motor PCM training app designed to optimize your physical and cognitive performance. And I think like I just got stuck on perceptual cognitive motor where I was like, what is that? Uh, but the, as near as I can figure, here's, here, here's my understanding of the situation. So the app, it provides randomized cues um, using colors, numbers, arrows, shapes, and then the user is train themselves mentally to associate these different cues with actions or movements. So, so in my head, I'm kind of thinking like, you remember that game, Simon, when you were a kid where it like gave you like the, the sound and like you had to hit the different sequence and you had to do it quickly enough. Or, and if you screwed up, you got the noise. Like, do you remember that? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I usually got about four four deep in that before I messed it up, by the way. Yeah, I, I think I one, once upon a time, like at a record that was like seven or something, but that was like the one time. Uh, but so so you're basically training your brain and you're tra training your, your reaction time, like kind of like Simon. This is what's happening in my head. This is what's I'm, what I'm envisioning. But so so you are, the, the app is here to ask users to use, mental muscles over and over again, like give your brain a workout and use these visual cues in concert with the actions and the stimuli that you're processing to make you more responsive, uh, help you adapt and react more quickly, 
Um, so, so I know that as, as far as this company, the application is, is they, they feel like there's a lot of application within the sports and fitness and healthcare world, uh, with military and first responders. Cause in a lot of these situations, your reaction time, at least with first responders, your reaction time could mean life or death, you know, in sports, it could mean the difference between goal, no goal. Um, and so I think what they're, what they're talking about here is they're making it easy to train your brain to react as quickly as possible. So that's going to be like my my nugget <laughs> synopsis answer. Let's let's try an example right now. Okay, so I'm going to say left or right and you put your hand up. Ready? Left. That was too slow. You're going to have to work on I was that. Getting, no, 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 totally no. slow. I was Come getting... on, right. Right. That was left. See, I hate, I hate my life right now. I'm getting all right. No. I'm gonna buy you a copy. I'm gonna buy you a subscription to the Switched On Training app. And man, I why mean, do we I not live stream this? Because <laughs> I really did. I said right, and she put up her left hand. So clearly, I did. There's some I, merit I, to this. I was anticipating, and I should not have been doing that. And I really hate that I did it in front of you because now, for the next five years, but you'll be talking. I'll about probably it. make fun of you. You'll probably hey, we didn't. You know what? Technically, there is a video recording of this, although we didn't live stream it. So let me <laughs> put uh, it roughly the 56th minute. Okay, note to self. Um, no, this, uh, this, kind, this, about that for years. <laughs> uh, this, this kind of stuff has existed in a lot of shapes and forms and sports and other things. And, yeah. you know, like you can almost like think of it, um, and it, you know, like when you're playing a game and say you have a game and like, you're shooting a gun in the game and yeah. here comes the target and it turns around and it's either, well, think of Will Smith in men in black and he's training and yeah. it's either like an alien or a human. Yeah, you know, and that's the, that's that same feel. But you know, these these there's a lot of science behind this kind of stuff. Really keeping your head and your mind sharp. Um, well, so yeah, a lot of different stuff. And, and, and so when I played, oh sorry. <laughs> well, when I played sport, when I played sports, one of the things with, with baseball and hitting is learning to recognize the way the ball is spinning on yeah. the way to the plate. Think about that. Here comes a baseball at like 90 miles an hour. And now you got to like figure out how it's spinning. So they did a lot of stuff like they would th tennis balls and they would have a number yeah. written on it and throw it. And you had to like figure out which number was on it. And it's just about being able to it's visual acuity and, and figuring it out. And it's, and it's way harder than just left, right, left, right, by the way. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're like the, those, those mental exercises where it's like you have numbers that are different colors and you have to like remember to read the number not the color and those happen a lot because basically when you, when you practice skills like that like here's the piece that I do understand when you practice skills like that you're building and rebuilding and building on neural pathways that make responses and and infer like the the synthesization I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but the synthesization of information as quick as possible. And you have to, you just have to do that through practice. And like athletes, you know, they hone so many different aspects of their physicality, but this is, I, I, from what I'm taking, like this is designed to bring your brain into it and help make that process just that much quicker, like your reaction time. So, so very cool. And like, I love the science behind it, even though my, my understanding of it is very very base and don't start me off with perceptual cognitive motor in your in your description if you don't want me to get distracted by the what <laughs> left 
shut up <laughs> see you didn't even raise a hand that time I know. You know, you got, i'm not gonna give you this you got a lot of training to do and honestly if i had the switched on training app when or when i was younger when you asked me if i was a student athlete i wouldn't have had to say that i was average because i would have ruled all of them all right yeah. We're, we're, we're to the bottom of the list, which has nothing to do with the company's ranking or anything like that. Look, we had a lot of great companies on here doing a lot of really interesting yeah. stuff. And speaking of doing interesting stuff, come visit us on the YouTube and check out Startup Hustle TV, where we're doing the best we can to give you the real look at what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And that means, that doesn't mean all, all, all good fluffy stuff, people. Yeah. Um, you can also go in there and find my video that is titled FU Failure. You want to see me on one of the worst days that I had as an entrepreneur? Yeah, you want to you want to see what it's like the moment after you turn down a million dollar funding round? That's in an episode. Um, all kinds was, of stuff. That was actually and one of my favorite little vignettes because you were you were just so real and so raw. Um, and and I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you talking about the failure video or the turning down a million bucks? No, the failure video. No, it was like, it was FU failure. That one, right? Like, yeah, that doesn't have a ton. Yeah, it doesn't have a ton like, of views on it. But I, but I had about 20 people call me, some of which were okay? maybe calling to just make sure. Yeah, well, kind of, but they were mainly like, man, that was really vulnerable and brave. I was like, you know, honestly, I realized at that point on the Startup Hustle TV experiment that uh, if, if me talking about like a lot of people appreciated that because the world of social media is just filled with people's wins, many yeah. of which are bullshit, by the way, you know, and, and, you know, it is what it is. So back to this list, we've got one more and the company is named UpKey. So what do they do? They provide high school seniors and college students with fun, interesting and engaging learning tracks to help them cultivate a marketable professional image. Whoa. You mean I shouldn't have posted that picture on the interweb forever? That's what I'm thinking about. You know, like, I mean, that's, and that's, that's, yeah. you know, it lets them show off their grit, tenacity, emphasize their potential. Um, you know, this, this is a real thing. You know, we're in this culture where everyone's, you know, like what you thought was a good idea when you were 16 26, 36, or 46 are very different. Yeah. And you talk about being able to cultivate a marketable professional image, like, hey, that's real. How, you know? like, real talk, how grateful are you that social media was not a, a, a real thing when you were like 14, 15, 16? I'm super grateful. <laughs> a, a little bit. Cause you know, you know, the thing was, is I just, I, 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 I've never been one. Well, first off, I'm not one of those, Hey, let me get in the picture yeah. people, but I always went out of my way to like, you know, like you talk about just doing, you know, you're in like college years and whatever, like you don't find pictures of me drinking. You might find pictures of me drunk but not, you know, drinking or just doing like a lot of people do dumb shit. And, and a lot of people find themselves without opportunities because, yeah. Hey, if I'm going to hire someone, yeah, I Google them and I click the images or look whatever. And I mean, some people, I, I don't know. It's, I think anything that can help people from getting out of, from not getting, being in their own way is smart. Yeah. 
Well, and so so one of the things like with Upkey that I that I thought was really interesting because because this is actually like with the limited education work that that I've done in the past, this was something that I found really interesting. You know, in, in at least in the entrepreneurial communities, like you have students who come from very widely disparate backgrounds. And the students who go to like more affluent schools, um, you know, they tend to be better on the soft skills. Like they had their, their educators have more time and more resources to put. So like when we're talking about things like resumes and elevator pitches and those things that you don't necessarily think of as part of like core curriculum, but that are really important when you get into the adult world, like that presentation piece, um, you know, creating opportunities for students, like high school students, college students, to to learn how to cultivate this in a very like accessible, equitable way is so crucial and key because you have brilliant, brilliant students who come from under-resourced schools who maybe they didn't have the opportunity to learn how to put together a resume. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to go out and, you know, be a total rock star for a company. So you just give them the tools and all of a sudden you have this, you know, gloriously trained student who's ready to, to take on the world. You know what I mean? Like, I just think, I think that's really cool. <laughs> At, at full scale internally, we will often say we need to show them what winning looks like. Yeah. And that could be our own employees or just something, you know, and, and that's until you've seen it and, and know it and understand it, um, you don't. And right. if someone can show you and just give you a little bit of guidance, it's like, kind of like the people asking me for investment. I say, do you want my money or do you want my interest in you being successful? Because the second one's a lot more valuable. Right. Um, you know, and that's the same thing. So I think any kind of tools that do that. All right. So in recap, who's your favorite? I, Coolbot, man. Like, first of all, love the love the name. Like, but but I just, I want it. How can I, how can I, how can I use Coolbot to make my writing easier? I'm pretty sure you can go to their website and sign up for what they do to answer that question. I need it. I need it. How about you? I'm going with Philo and mainly because I just see the crap that Heather and Kyle at Casey Hemco go through and I feel bad for them because like they don't have. Well, yeah. And the thing is, is like, if there's just something that would help them navigate some of that because you know all that shit's just like all over the place and yeah. i mean i think that that's smart um i'm all i'm all for legalization of all of that because why are we still fighting that especially yeah. when pretty much every state that kansas has has made that legal um I, and honestly i like quillbot as well uh because yeah. i mean writing copy and all of it like anything that helps with that or even gives suggestions or makes it smart and, and better, uh, it's, it's good. I mean, I, yeah. I'm all for that. So yeah, you can go to quillbot.com and sign up, Lauren. I'm pretty sure I'm that's- totally do- I'm totally doing that right now. <laughs> I, I just clicked the yeah, link myself. Right now. Yeah. So, but you know, you talk about, I mean, some of that, I, I, I like things that, I like tools that, just make it easier to, uh, here's another thing too. And I'm, you know, like if you can repurpose content and using tools like this, and we were playing around with some of these, cause yeah. 
I mean, you have content, like anytime you can turn content into more content into it and more use or context or phrasing, I think that's pretty cool. And it's harder. Like people have said to me over the years, they're like, yeah, I'm going to build a site and whatever. And I, they said, what's going to take a long time. I said, it'll probably take you longer to write the content and get the messaging for the site. than it might does to build the site. Yeah. So. That happens for me all the time when I'm like creating events and like programming docs and stuff like that for, for Innovate Her, where I'm just like, I honestly, the most arduous part of this journey is going to be trying to figure out how to communicate and explain what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm having it paraphrase the sentence, Lauren doesn't know how to use cameras. Let's. What? I totally uh, has, oh. Lauren has no idea how to use cameras. What? You were you said it yourself. I quoted you on Startup Puzzle TV. So, <laughs> so there you go. I have a feeling I have just started a Quillbot war. So you know, what's yeah, another yeah. word for ass face? <laughs> If it says Matt DeCourcy, then I'm going to have another. Lauren has no idea how to use cameras. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Quillbot yeah. is no longer my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Did you test? Did you ask it as well? Yeah. So it said Lauren doesn't know how to use cameras. That's what I put in. Lauren has no idea how at to least use it's on. At least it's honest and we can, we can, uh, we can agree that it's, that it's accurate. Uh, hey, so anyway. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another uh, in our monthly stop in in us city's top startups. We'll be hitting the road virtually and going to Indianapolis next month. I lived in Indianapolis and it is also my wife's hometown. It is the hometown of our COO, Daryl Blackburn. And it is also the setting where most of, well, it's also the home of the million dollar bedroom. Yeah. Okay, I need to. I need have, to that happened in, in 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 Indianapolis, Indiana. I I, I have a question: Is Skyline okay. Chili in Indianapolis? I believe so. Okay. There's a restaurant called Skyline. No, I didn't go to it a bunch, but yeah, I mean, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I am down. Let's do this thing. Indianapolis has. Uh, well, you don't. You don't get stuff. chili. You don't get chili. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I can. Sorry. Like, think about it. <laughs> Anyway, I got to get out of here. I, I have so many things to ask Quillbot. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.